Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 through 52. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was going to happen to him saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes. And they will condemn Him to death. And they will hand Him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock Him and spit upon Him and flog Him and kill Him. And after three days, He will rise again. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward and said to Him, Teacher, we want You to do for us whatever we ask of You. And he said to them, what is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant to us sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. They came to Jericho, and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. If you'll remember, King David is one of the greatest figures of the Jewish Testament. The disciples, Christ, all those among those time look to King David. In fact, it is prophesied that the Messiah, Jesus, would come from the line of David. And if you remember, David started life as a poor shepherd boy until he slew Goliath. 
And he grew in stature and greatness until he became king over Israel. But with all his strength and with all his power, Jesus still, or David still fell into corruptness. If you can, remember the story of David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba was a beautiful woman that David saw bathing on her rooftop. And he said to himself, I must have her. So he called her to his quarters and he was with her and she became pregnant. And to try to cover this up, David had her, her husband killed. Even David in all his greatness and all his strength faced corruption. Used it for his own gain. As humans, we like to seek strength. We like to seek power. But the old saying that absolute power corrupts absolutely is said for a reason. Because it's so often true. Today we're continuing our sermon series about how Jesus should transform us when we become followers of Christ. And today we're going to look at how we go from strength to service. Our scripture reading, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, two of Jesus' disciples, go up to Jesus. And they ask him a quick trick question, much like a child would ask a parent. They basically say, I want to ask you for something, but I want you to say yes first. And give, give me whatever I ask. And Jesus says, well, what is it you want from me? And they looked at him and they said, when you come into your glory... Let us sit beside you. Let one sit on your left hand and one on your right hand. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. You don't know what it means for me to be in my glory, even though I just told you what should befall me. Are you able to drink from the cup that I will drink of? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism which I was baptized with? And they say, we are able. And I think it's interesting that they ask to be beside him in his glory, one on his left hand and one on his right. When you think about Jesus in his glory on the cross as he was crucified, who was on his left hand and his right? Not the disciples. They had fled, but common thieves. And Jesus tells them, you will have to drink the cup from which I drink. My question is, what cup is this? What cup is Jesus talking about? Is he talking about the cup at the wedding when he turned water into wine? Is he talking about the cup at the Last Supper when he gathered with his disciples? Is he maybe talking about the sponge that was filled with vinegar and hyssop that was passed up to him as he was on the cross? Or is he talking about the cup which Jesus prayed about in the Garden of Gethsemane? When he prayed to God just before he was arrested and said, Lord, take this cup from me. But not my will, but yours be done. Any one of these cups would be powerful imagery. And I believe any one of these cups are ones that we would not want to drink from. Jesus then elaborates. He says, because I came to be servant of all. 
The Gentiles, they get power, they get strength, and they lord it over their subjects. But that is not how we should be. We should use our strength, we should use our power to be servants. To serve others. Whoever wants to be first should be last. Whoever wants to be great should be slave to everybody. Being great doesn't mean you have power for yourself. Being great means you have power to serve others. And this is something that Jesus lived out in His ministry. Jesus who washed the disciples' feet. Jesus who reached out to the poor, the lame, the ill, the leprous, the downtrodden, the forgotten. Jesus who died on the cross for everybody. Whose final act was an act of service so that all may be forgiven. So what does it look like to use strength, to use power to serve others? Who do we look to in our society as examples of this? One person who I thought of is John Cena. There's a couple of giggles from people who know who John Cena is. Silence from those who are not. John Cena is a professional wrestler with the WWE. He's one of those people you see on TV taking chairs and ladders and slamming other people down. But did you know that there are only five celebrities that have worked with the Make-A-Wish Foundation over 200 times? Of those five, four of them don't top 225. John Cena is the exception. A recent article stated that he worked with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, as of the writing of that article, 460 times. 460 dying children he'd worked with, reached out to, been there for them because it was their last wish. And he had no intention to stop. He said he wants to hit a thousand times. Because it feels it's his responsibility as a public figure, as someone who's looked up to, to help others. Maybe we look to Pat Tillman, who was a linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals, and in the height of his career, quit the NFL to serve in the military because he felt he should serve his country. And he was killed in Afghanistan by friendly fire. Maybe we should look to our former presidents, Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush, who despite their political differences came together to work for humanitarian efforts after tsunamis hit Asia, after Katrina hit the, uh, the Gulf Coast area, and continued to work together to raise money and to help people. Or maybe we look to J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, who started off a pauper herself and started writing these stories on napkins and became one of the most wealthy women in the world. But did you know she will not be found on Forbes' billionaire list, despite the fact that she brings in $140 million in royalties each day? She does that because she gives such a high percentage of her money away to foundations, to people in need. 
And there's story after story of fan writing, fans writing to her and her writing back. Sometimes in characters from her books, sometimes in her own tone, just to reach out to them, to encourage them, to lift them up. Or maybe we go back to our scripture reading today and look at Bartimaeus. The poor blind beggar in Jericho. So let's be honest, none of us are world-renowned athletes. None of us are former presidents. None of us are uh, pro- professional authors uh, because Kathy's not here. None of us have that type of, of power and strength that these people do. But Scripture tells us about Bartimaeus, a poor, blind beggar sitting on the road. And as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, he heard it was Jesus. And he cries out, Teacher, Son of David, heal me. And people heard him crying out and tried to silence him. So he cried out later, uh, cried out louder, Son of David, heal me. And he used the one strength he had. He used his voice. And friends, that's a strength that we all have. That's a strength that we can use. It's a strength that's greater today through the powers of social media, through e-communications that's ever been in history. Our voices can reach hundreds of thousands of people, people we meet at work, people we meet in our day-to-day life, people we interact with online. It could spread and reach thousands of people. And it is a powerful Powerful strength. It's a powerful tool that we can use. But just as with Bartimaeus, there are some who will try to silence it. There are some who will try to keep you quiet, so you must speak louder, stating your beliefs, speaking for those who cannot speak for themselves, calling out injustices and working to remedy them. And if you don't think a voice could be a power of change, if you don't think a voice could be used as a tool to serve, look at the example of Rosa Parks, of Martin Luther King Jr., of Gandhi, of Jonathan Swift, of Thomas Jefferson, of Abraham Lincoln. Throughout history, there are people who use their voices to speak for those whose society silenced. Whose society refused to give a voice. Others were brave enough to speak for them. And when they were tried to be silenced, they spoke louder because justice will not be denied. And they spoke out in service. And they spoke out serving others. Friends, we all have strength. We all have power. Whether it's from our financial situations, our stature in society, our means of influence, the people we can reach, the people we can talk to, Or if it's just our voice. 
And it's human nature to want to use this strength. To use this power for our own gains. To build up our, stre- our stature. To help ourselves get further ahead. But when we follow Jesus, we see that Jesus teaches another way. We see Jesus who was God made incarnate who was God with us, who created the heavens and the earth, die on a cross for others. We see Jesus, who is the Messiah, who could turn water into wine, washing the disciples' feet. We see Jesus, who rich rulers and Pharisees and Sadducees wanted to be with, choosing instead to be with sinners and tax collectors and the poor and the lame and the blind. We see Jesus saying, to be great, you must be servant of all. So as followers of Christ, we are called to use those gifts, those strengths we have to serve others. We are called our voice to speak out for those whose society silences. We are called to be great but to be great in the eyes of Jesus, which means being servant of all.